0: Franks this last year Uh, I just think he needs he's got to find that quarterback and train that guy up like he has with Nick Fitzgerald and all those other guys and Dak Prescott's of the world Um, he'll find that guy I think sooner or later maybe it's Emory Jones who we just got this past year I don't know but it's going to take a couple years for Dan Mullen to get it rolling like Kirby Smart did but I don't know if he'll get to where Kirby Smart is just the way Kirby's recruiting Uh, but Florida has a bunch of guys that they can recruit uh, in the state of Florida I should say and also, there's a gigantic pipeline to Texas and other school and other uh, states like that, like Georgia as well. Uh, anything you have to say about the Florida situation?
1: Um, yeah, sorry, everyone. Apparently, we were not live on the air. Um, because I didn't press VT studio live, but we are live now. But if you've been watching on Facebook, I guess you've been hearing us again. We're on 88.5 WCUG Cougar radio. We've talked about Clemson and Texas A&M, how we think I'm going to get into that momentarily. We're talking about Florida right now, man in the mayor. how bad each of their programs are looking, how bad the East has been. We're going to get into Serena. We're going to get into Tiger Woods. We're going to get into Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, the Falcons, we got a lot to get into. Please leave a comment below on the Facebook Live page. Question of the day for everybody listening on the radio and those that are watching on Facebook Live. Who had a more impressive weekend? Was it Texas a and the Maggie's or was it, was it the Georgia Bulldogs? Immediately following the show, you can find us on SoundCloud. Search WCUG and find us. Drop the gloves. Give us a listen like that. And I guess you can share it on any type of social media as well from SoundCloud. So if you want to, give it a share as well. That would be great. And as always, and I never mentioned this, but I should now, we are live streaming on the TuneIn Radio app. Search 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. Again, I don't know why I keep forgetting that. 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio on the TuneIn Radio app. Um, But like you were saying about Florida, it always, if you look at the history of Willie Taggart, year one's always transition years, wherever program he goes. Last year, he struggled with uh, Oregon. They only won seven games during the regular season. You're going to see that he, this year with Florida State. I don't know why the expectations were them. I even had him 10 wins. I should have known that this was going to happen. I just thought, I mean, Jimbo Fisher brought in five straight top ten classes, so their talent's there. There's no reason why he's not winning right now um, outside of just bad coaching. Dan Mullen, I knew it's going to take a year, but I thought he could at least get something out of the quarterback play. Felipe Franks is god-awful. I mean, he is trash. I guess He couldn't it, move the ball against Kentucky. I, I guess Emory Jones is not ready yet. The freshman um, for the – as Corey Black is here. Jamie uh, Jamie Crowder, yes, we're going to get into that. Fire Yarkesian. I call him Yark. Everybody got with me. Until we fire Sarkeesian, his name is Yark. I don't call him Sark. I don't call him his first name because anybody that gets as much high-profile jobs as he does and manage it to fumble it away and somehow to – take a you-know-what in his pants, as much as he does, he doesn't get the credit of being called his own name, in my opinion. He's Yark. Coach, Is that like a Yark. play on
0: words or anything? Or
1: No, I just wanted to call him Yark. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a
0: terrible name. I tried to tell you last week. I tried to tell Jamie you Jamie all- Crowder
1: said he's an FSU fan, and I didn't have any expectation, eight and four tops. Uh, Paul Adreason said transition years are, always, are, are, are an excuse until you look at what Herm Edwards is doing at Arizona State. And, Paul, thank you for bringing that up. Completely right. And I we both overlooked him. Now, I'm not saying that they are going to win the national championship this year, but looking at their division, USC looked absolutely atrocious offensively with JT Daniels, three points against Stanford. Their division, I mean, is up for grabs. And winning against, I everyone knows, an overrated Michigan State team who blew a 13-3 lead. But you are right. What Herm Edwards is doing, he's got these players believing in him. And I didn't give him credit. I didn't think that was a good hire. Same. Obviously it is. And if things can continue trending in the right direction, he becomes a good recruiter. I see Herm Edwards staying, being a staying power, until USC fires Clay Helton.
0: It's oh, not really? Gonna, you yes. You fire Clay Helton? Yes. Why? Um. Just quickly.
1: It doesn't – the fit doesn't work. If you look at past coaches for USC, Pete Carroll – um, I forgot the guy's name in the 60s and 70s that won championships yep. back then. Um, it, Clay Helton is more of a blue-collar type guy. He, You know where he would fit? Colorado. Or or um, what's another one? Uh, Tennessee, uh, to be honest with you, I think he would fit good at. Um, a TCU. Um, I, I, I don't think he fits in at a high-profile job, especially in L.A., where you need someone that's going to fit in with the superstars, and I don't see Clay Helton doing that which is why I think after Sam Darnold left, just like I thought with Mark Helfrich, after Mariota left, just like with Darnold leaving, I think this program's going to go like this. and I He'll win eight, nine games this year just because how weak the division is, but I really do think Arizona State has a chance to win it. Utah does. Colorado, who won this past week Feed against, Nebraska, against at home. Nebraska in the homecoming for them. Uh, guys, again, question of the day. Leave your comments like Jamie and Paul are doing and Jonathan um, and uh, your dad. What's up, Mr. Barfield? Uh, please call in at 706 eight 8617 or leave a comment on my own Facebook Live page. Five minutes to go. We didn't do a good job really organizing it, so we're just going to do all college football right now. Text A&M Clemson my quick thought on this, why I thought A&M had the more impressive weekend, because yes, Clemson looked lots of days ago, but also they're playing, like you said, in a 102,000 environment that is hostile. And I'm going to give credit to Clemson coming out with a win, the two-quarterback system's not working. They need to have one quarterback. Why? Because I don't know any two-quarterback system outside of having a Yim Yebo or Justin Fields come in. I said Yim Yebo. Tim Tebow. Short, yark is... and Yim Yebo. Um Having like a Tim Tebow come in and do only running plays like Justin Fields um, for Georgia. Outside of doing that, I don't see every series swapping in and out creates any consistency, any tempo, any rhythm, which is crucial for quarterbacks, especially in the Clemson offense, that get a good rhythm and timing when you run in the hurry-up, up-tempo. I just don't see why why they're doing that. that. They hurt them, honestly, against Texas A&M. But A&M look big up front. They look well-coached. They look well-coached on offense and defense. Special teams, I don't know what it is about Nick Saban's uh, protege and Nick Saban, but kickers are always terrible outside of Robert Aguayo. Uh, but Jimbo Fisher, it, what he's done already early in this program, significant steps compared to last year with Kevin Sullivan. This team would have quit. They didn't quit. They honestly should have won the game. I don't know how the referee makes that call. On the I, field. Absolutely terrible. I honestly think it's a game-changer and, and a terrible call. costs a the game, but you move on from it. And I'm a believer in Jimbo Fisher. This is not going to hurt AM. They're only going to build from this. And to be honest – I think Auburn should be on the lookout, so should Alabama. They're going to catch someone, okay? They're going to catch one of the two. I just have a feeling it may be Auburn because A&M does – I mean, Alabama usually doesn't have letdowns, even though they're playing at A&M.
0: Especially a team with the weak secondary, the way uh, Kellen Mond was running around and uh, also the way they were throwing the ball, especially Rodgers, number 13 for A&M. <laughs> uh, <kind of> dominated <laughs> Jamie,
1: Jamie's laughing at the Yim Yeebo comment. <laughs>
0: I, that's what I call him, off air. I did not mean to call him that
1: on air, but – Hey, it he got out. Um, we have <laughs> we have three minutes before we go to break here on eighty eight point five WCG Cougar Radio, uh, Georgia. Like I said, completely dominant. Auburn, Alabama did what they needed to do. One team I did want to talk about real quick before we go uh, to break is LSU. Again, if you watch that game, yeah, they bullied a team they should have bullied up front. But I, I that offense is so bland that I don't see how against Alabama. Georgia and Auburn's defensive front, they're just going to be able to hand the ball off 30 times and get 150 yards rushing. It's not happening. You didn't do it last year with Geis or the year before with Fournette. What makes you think you're going to do it with a three-star Three in set.
0: Yeah,
1: It's not happening. And I know everybody's believing in them with what Eddie O did at Miami. I think it all comes back down to earth, and we'll get in our picks uh, in the second segment this upcoming weekend. Joe Burrow, again, 10 of 22. Against a an inferior FCS opponent, Southeast Louisiana. I just don't know how you can be high on them. I really don't. What about you, Wendell? Any any other team this weekend that impressed you uh that you want to get in before we move on?
0: No, basically other than that and that's about the that's really the only team Georgia did what they were supposed to do.
1: Any uh comment on the questionable SEC officiating in the UGA South Carolina reviewing and negating previous plays is atrocious.
0: Oh, he's referring to the Richard LeCount. Uh, interception. They already, they ran a play after the, uh, play Oh, I, and going back. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. And they gave South Carolina a free play. I, I was more upset about the negation of the play, so they got a free play back because a play was already run. Um, what a complete joke and terrible weekend
1: from, from officiating referees, yeah. this yeah. weekend. Good grief. I mean, terrible.
0: I know that it, it didn't play a huge role in the game like the, probably the Clemson-Texas A&M game it did. Uh, but I just I didn't like the fact that they got a free play out of it. That's the only really bad thing. I didn't care if they would have reviewed it before the play, but the fact that they got a free play off basically. That I know and I know if they would have got a touchdown or something, it probably would have helped us because they probably would have reviewed the play afterwards. Yeah. But I still don't like it.
1: Kyle Murray is a stud. They're they going to be
0: better this year than they were last year. They're
1: beaten. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the. Uh, development, but the receivers, they were all young last year. They had good seasons in C.D. Lamb and uh, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown. They're even better this year. Uh, I know they lost their uh, tight end that had a big game against Georgia. What's his name? Uh, Andrews, Mark Andrews. They're still low to the tight end position. I know they lost uh, Orlando Brown's son uh, last year to the draft. They're still loaded at offensive line. And where their biggest improvement is is along the defense. I think this defense, no, it's not SEC caliber, but I think it's by far outside of TCU who the were, best in the Big 12. Who were
0: scared that you could tell they were taking bad angles on purpose and not yeah. tackle Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. And I thought there would be a um, quicker
1: uh, success rate for Chip Kelly at UCLA uh he it's obvious that at Oregon he was set up perfectly for Mark uh, Belletti, I mean not Mike Belletti, mm-hmm. who set him up perfectly in two thousand nine with a team that was really talented. It's obvious Jim Moore Jr. didn't do that for him at UCLA. I do think though they're going to beat a team they shouldn't beat this year and still win six or seven games yep. and get better, especially they'll be a way better team at the end of the season and be uh, next year's where we need to critique Chip Kelly. Uh but I I thought I would see quicker improvement. Um, but we need to go to break. Uh, this is Drop the Gloves. Hold on one second. I'm saying this is Drop the Gloves. This is Drop the Gloves on 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. For all those that are watching on Facebook, we'll be back here in literally a minute and a half. Uh, when we get back from break, we're going to do talk about Aaron Rodgers, Serena Williams. Uh, what else are we going to talk about? Week 3 picks, NFL picks. Falcons. Falcons. Fire Fire Yark. I got people making t shirts on my Facebook Live. I mean, on my Facebook post. Fire Start. We'll be right back here in about a minute and a half. 80.5 WCUG, Cougar Radio. Drop the gloves. Dance with my dogs in the nighttime. Trap with the like Popeye, Popeye. Money changing colors like Tide. down. Hey. That is right. Welcome back to the program here on 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. And we are streaming live on Facebook. Type in Thrift, T-H-R-I-F-T, Behringer. We're also streaming live via the TuneIn Radio app. Search WCUG 88.5 there. Give us a listen. Immediately following the show, type in WCUG on SoundCloud, drop the clubs. Give us a like. Share us on social media on every platform you can. Share the video on, on Facebook. Question of the day is, who had more impressive weekend this past weekend? Text A&M UGA. If you want to call in, that's fine. 706-507-8617. Um, I'm going to say a quick hi to my Aunt Jane. Also, my my haird- hairdresser or the person that cuts my hair?
0: You got girl hair, so you know.
1: Wow. Miss Carrie and Carrie Mac, shout out. Thank you for watching, Miss Carrie. Uh Jamie as always, so, thank you. My mom said uh, give her a quick shout out to everybody that's watching on Facebook. Thank y'all again. Please share the video. Um let's see Barfield <laughs> Yeah. Wendell said he only gives he only shows those uh, moves after a Georgia win. You'll catch him at a bar any place. Give him a call. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, moving on from college football now to the NFL and the embarrassment performance, again, that we are accustomed to seeing on National Spotlight from Steve Sarkeesian and the Atlanta Falcons offense. Hair guru there. Oh, Josh, <laughs> my brother Josh, got to give him a, uh, uh, also a um, a shout-out as well. Roll Tide. I'm going to pretend you didn't just say that, Josh. Um, Sarkeesian. Yarkesian. Excuse me, Yark. You've had an entire preseason of preparation for this game.
0: Against you the have team you prepared for about a year ago with the same quarterback. You have unlimited amount of options to get the football to.
1: You have the best receiver I think in the game outside of Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. Arguably, you have Calvin Ridley, who's an up and coming speedster on the outside. Mohamed Sanu, Great hands. Austin Hooper as a tight end, two elite backs, and Temet Coleman, Devontae Freeman a a minus to b plus offensive line decental, top 10 decental, in yeah. the in the NFL yeah and definitely a top 5 defense by far the most improved aspect of this team and you come out and you move the football and what do you do you get in the red zone and this is where the big boys come where in NFL football Unlike college, and even in college sometimes, because Auburn had struggles in the last several years before they got Sidham, struggling to score in the red zone, and they still do sometimes. It's hard to score in that little box area, especially against elite defenses. And when you're in the NFL, I mean, these are the elites of the elite when it, when it comes athletes. to coaching staffs and athletes. So you have to have great play calling when it comes down there, creative play calling. And I do not see it from Sarkeesian, I, Yarkeesian. I don't see it at all. Yarkeesian. I, I don't. I mean, go back to his USC days. when he, Where he got known for is when he was a co-offensive coordinator. Listen to this, guys. For a team that had Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, Dwayne Jarrett, Mike Williams, name, name Steve all. Smith, Ray Malaluga, Pete Carroll. I mean, th- the list is unlimited. How hard is it to score touchdowns? By the way, you're co-offensive coordinator with another genius in Lane Kiffin. So when Lane leaves, who do you have? Mark Sanchez. You have elite talent. John David Booty. Yeah, they're not great in the NFL, but college quarterbacks. Tim Tebow wasn't pretty great in good. The NFL. Yeah, exactly. They're pretty good in college.
0: Cam you- Newton. Oh wow. <laughs> Cam won less yesterday. I know. I'm glad he did, because I hate the Cowboys. Sorry I had to throw that in there just to make you mad. Um, again, I don't know
1: why Quinn hired this guy. I, I really want to call him buffoon, but I'm not. Um I don't know what was in his mindset hiring him. He was fired from USC, a high-profile job that he should have never been hired for because his only known for is turning around a one-win program at Washington and winning seven wins consistently when they should have won nine or ten with a better coach, a.k.a. Chris Peterson. And then you go to USC and you get drunk and fired for alcoholism. So you got to go to Alabama and you're... An offensive coordinator for really an intern. What w- it's named? Intern for one. You call games one game, out championship game, which you lost.
0: I'll give him credit. He got th- he scored thirty one points. I'll give him credit
1: for I, that. i mean, again, again. How hard is it to score with the talent that Alabama has on the field? <laughs> Fair. And again, red zone woes is going to kill this Atlanta Falcons team. And it's where why Wendell said that this team is not going to make the playoffs. But I don't know if you saw the Saints; they didn't look good either. This is why I do think the Falcons will make it because I do think there's some overrated teams that a lot of people are high on early on in the preseason. But Yarkesian, I seriously, I, I I'm done with him. I tried to tell you. A week I before. can't put my faith in someone that when I watch him make calls, which is four straight plays. The opening drive to Devontae Freeman. A run to the short
0: side of the field. A stretch play to the short side of the field. A five and out route that Ryan throws over his head. Who didn't look great as well. Matt Ryan did not look well.
1: And Julio Jones. And like I said, I commented on this. Hey, let's run sh- uh, streak routes from the five-yard line four times in a row. Yark. Thank you, uh, Jamie Crowder. Exactly. Exactly. I, what I don't understand is that you use Julio. Use him, use him, use him. And then you get down there. Finally, at the end once. of the game, you finally want to throw it to him four straight times. And they're all fade routes and go routes. I think they had him triple covered, too, at one point on one of those plays. He has made an MVP quarterback. I understand under a great play call on Shanahan
0: to Joe Flacco. Oof. Embarrassing. Anything you want to add from Yart Moving on, I, I tried to tell you a week before he's not the answer. He Has no rhythm to play calling. He doesn't know what he does. Doesn't know what he wants to do when he gets to the red zone, and he doesn't allow his play, uh, his quarterback, to get in a rhythm. You and know what? Go ahead. I, I was, Matt Ryan throws a deep ball, and then all of a sudden he has to throw an intermediate route. He just he just can't get in a rhythm. And I know Matt Ryan didn't That's, look it's great. It's Ryan. What what do we say? If you're a Falcons fan and you watch the Falcons, you know
1: Matt Ryan throws coming. And what I mean by that is inexplicable. Doesn't know what he's looking at. Forced throw. It happened all last year. It's happened really every year of his career, except for the MVP season, and one year in 2012 under Dirk Cutter. Outside of those regular seasons, in the postseason of both those years, outside the Super Bowl run, Ryan made Ryan throws. You knew it was coming. Eventually, he's going to throw a pick. He can't stand it. Anything else you want to add?
0: I hit it right on the head, honestly. That's what I was going to say.
1: Um. Moving on from a quarterback that needs good play calling from his coordinator to one that doesn't matter who's calling the plays, if it's my cousin Robert Trotter uh, or if it's me or if it's a guy that knows nothing about football, Aaron Rodgers is going to score touchdowns. It doesn't matter if he's hurt. It doesn't matter if he's high as a kite. It doesn't matter what Aaron Rodgers is doing. The man is a god at football. He is. How do you come in from last night with a hurt knee, high as a kite, adrenaline rushing. Down 20. Down 20, and you throw a bomb that I think you're the only quarterback in the NFL that can throw. Make that throw.
0: I love Tom Brady as a quarterback. but By I've, the way,
1: one MVP last year is a 40-year-old. So when Rodgers does that, then I'll call him the GOAT. But if you're going off just talent and miraculous throws, I don't think anyone can compare it to what Rodgers can do with the football.
0: I totally agree. I don't think there's anybody else that really could do that. I know Tom Brady did it in the Super Bowl, 28-3. to Christian Young says, 12, God, he's a mama, big, there goes that man. Big Packers fan, Christian yeah. Yeah. He's super He's mad that I was tweeting all the Bears hey, stuff in the first half. What? But. Hey, what is Mark Jackson? Mama, there <laughs> goes that man. That's right. That's uh, a bad man. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but basically, I know uh, Tom Brady, he did. He came back from 28-3 in the Super Bowl, but he didn't do it with the hurt knee. He did it with uh, probably a little bit more talent on offense, I would say. I'm a little more. The best receiver in the Packers is Devontae Adams.
1: Devontae Adams would be a third option on m- most teams in the NFL. For the Packers, he's number one. The Packers have made Jimmy Graham look terrible. Their offensive line is atrocious. It was actually pretty good two years ago. Now it's, it's terrible. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. It's Aaron Rodgers and a decent defense. High Height. kite. How about Khalil Mack? The Completely
0: dominant. Possibly the best first half defensively in football ever from somebody.
1: You know in his mind he's like, John? Yo, Johnny? Chuck? John it- Gruden? How you think about that $140 million worth? You're not like that?
2: And- yes,
1: I agree, Christian Young. Uh, not only just with Khalil Mack. Roquan Smith, this defense is loaded. And, D- and, and Roquan really wasn't even playing. Leonard Floyd, how about the Georgia athletes on there? I know. Um, but Danny again, Tremantle Leonard Tremantle Floyd really is one of, those, uh, Leonard Floyd's one of those uh, freak athletes that came out of a factory from Georgia that never panned out anything because of Rick.
0: Um, so we're going to take the Rick shots now. Hey,
1: just had to throw that out there.
0: <laughs> uh, moving on
1: from Aaron Rodgers and his greatness. I don't know going forward that this can sustain a full season. He's going to take a beat, and I feel like he's going to get hurt. I don't think he's going to be
0: able to play next week. Possibly.
1: I'm knock on wood. I love watching him play, Me but too. God, this is why I wouldn't assign that money. I really wouldn't, Aaron, if I were you, because this is your supporting cast. Outside of that, in the NFL, how about the Browns? They <laughs> can't get a win. Tie game though. Look good, and how about broke the, Se- the and Steelers? Yes, James Conner is just as good as a young yeah. Le'Veon Bell was. Uh, they're not worried about him, but the culture of Pittsburgh is why I am hesitant to say they're going to go to the Super Bowl. How about my Super Bowl pick, the Chargers, and Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs? It's why it's a long, long NFL season. Long NFL season. I'm not going to overreact. There's
0: a lot of teams losing the first week, and they right. go it, on and win the Super Bowl. It's
1: overreaction Monday. One of those teams that go into to the Super Bowl was 2016 Falcons.
0: So, Falcons fans, you're freaking out.
1: Forgot they got the beat. First game. They got beat 31-24 to the Buccaneers in 2016. By the way, Cutter wasn't the coach. Guess who was?
0: Mike no. Smith. Lovey Smith, yeah.
1: And 31 10 before Ron threw two touchdown passes late in the game to make it close, but they were getting completely dominated. Again, share the video on Facebook, guys. Leave a comment if you want. Um, SoundCloud, immediately following the show, WCUG. Like us there. Share us on social media. You want to call in 706-507-8617. Before we get into NFL picks and stuff, I'm going to get into two topics outside of football. And one of them is Serena Williams. Now, I understand her being frustrated because she's getting dominated. And so for someone as dominant as her like Tiger Woods and having a pro-Serena crowd... And everybody wants you to win. I know the pressure's on you. It can get overwhelming. Yes. It can get overwhelming sometimes. And sometimes you want to let out frustrations and emotions, which I have no problem with, especially in sports, which is the whole reason I think sports are for, is for you to learn how to tame those emotions.
0: Also in a solo sport, as in in tennis.
1: Exactly, which is harder to do. Um, But she overreacted. She didn't let it go. But may that be the case? A game penalty... If she got a two game penalty, them. two of them. Two of them, which cost her. I don't think what I think. So uh, Osaka would have won the the match. Yep, she
0: dominated. But
1: Serena losing a game penalty, Ramos should be suspended at least. I think multiple major tournaments. Um, I I don't think it's really a a, a sex thing. I think he overreacted in the moment, and I know immediately after he did it, he shouldn't have done it. He knew in his head he shouldn't have done it, but after he said game penalty, he couldn't go back on it. So he overreacted. Serena overreacted, and that ended up hurting Serena. They both overreacted. Yes, caused an overreaction. Correct. Uh, sometimes, like uh, my mom said, you you have to you got to let things go and walk away. I think Serena should have done that. Only thing I didn't like is bringing up her child. I don't know how he was disrespecting her child in that moment
0: calling her because he basically was saying she was a cheater or she was cheating and basically her child had to see that she was cheating or being accused of cheating I don't think
1: the child understood she's (laughs) a year old when she gets
0: to watch it on YouTube when she's seven years old or something I I
1: don't know I I didn't understand why she brought that up that's the only part I didn't understand um but I, I I do think that Serena sometimes um because and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold back. I think that because she's a woman, that was maybe part of the reason and overreaction from Ramos why he she got a penalty. I mean, a game penalty. But, but I will say this though, if that would have been Nadal, this is just a question I'm asking people. If that would have been Nadal, if that would have been Federer, and I'm asking you this too Wendell, and he shows himself like he did, just like uh. McEnroe used to. John McEnroe. Jack McEnroe used to get completely trashed in the media. I'm hearing praise from South Serena acted because Ramos gave her, again, unjustifiably a game penalty. If this was a man, would the media be acting the way they are with Serena? That's my question. I'm not talking about Ramos. I think Ramos is over the line. I'm talking about how the media is handling this. Are they handling it differently if, if she were a man? Because that's a question I think is fair to ask, is it not? I think it's fair
0: to ask. and
1: I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm just saying
0: it's a it's question I want to ask. It's just hard to say because I know McEnroe, he got painted as a pretty bad guy. I just, so so did Andy Roddick. A lot of guys that
1: have bad moments like this and show themselves usually get shown up in the media too. And I didn't see that this past weekend.
0: And, it, and I just don't think – I just can't see Federer or or Nadal really getting that, getting that angry. I, I always – I think they're kind of level-headed. I could see like a Novak Djokovic or like an Andy Roddick, like you said, maybe doing it. Right. But I, I, It was just kind of odd coming from Serena. I know she's passionate and competitive. Right. Um. And I know, like you said, they both overreacted. I think Serena went a little far just by, especially trying towards the end, trying to take, I kind of felt like she was trying to take the show from Osaka towards the end of the, the ceremony.
1: And they booing her, but at least she went and hugged her. And I think stuff. she went and hugged her. her and for
0: that. T- I give her credit for that. Yes, that's fine. Um, uh, I just think, like you said, it was kind of an overreaction on both parts, and I don't want to judge. Cause I didn't watch the entire thing. I didn't know every single detail that happened, or I don't know every single tennis rule. Uh, it's just kind of hard to say uh, the way she acted, It was if it was acceptable or not, because I don't think it personally was. Just even throwing her kid, like she said, throwing her kid in there, that's not acceptable for a kid to see. Yeah. Uh, just things like that. I don't know how the, the media would handle it. I guess they're kind of handling it both ways, like how we do now. Yeah, one side takes an extreme point, the other side takes the extreme point. Right. No one really takes them. And everyone wants the reaction out of it, so exactly. it's kind of hard to say.
1: Uh, moving on from Serena, Tiger Woods looked completely dominant, and which is why he should be in the Ryder Cup. Why he was even an afterthought, or maybe an afterthought for that, is complete joke. And he brings numbers. And I know it bothers you, Wendell, but I'm sorry. He's back, and, and unless he, he hurts himself. He don't have to win anything, in my opinion. The fact that he's playing at this level after what he's been through shows how great this man is because there's no other golfer in the history of golf that can go through what he went through, not only through injuries, but what he went through through the media, through his marital life. I do not see another golfer ever being able to come back from this because to be able to do that... You not only have to be strong-willed, you have to have the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordan, the Tom Brady factor. You have to have that in your heart where you truly believe how great you are and you can overcome anything because how great your talent is and because I think he's the greatest athlete that's ever played the sport of golf. I don't think that's disputable. Do you agree?
0: Uh, that's fair to say.
1: Athlete. I mean, look how str- look at his – outside of Kepka, he is the most built Johnson. athlete out there. And it's not even
0: close. And Rory. Yeah. Gotta give credit to Rory, yeah,
1: for sure. Um, Uh, Christian Young said, "No win equals not back."
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. He needs to win one and assert himself back (laughs) in the golf scene. Jesus man, Um, y'all can't just. But once he wins one, I will say he's fully back. Um, All three of (laughs) y'all. Me and my friend Jamie. All three of y'all. I've always all Jamie. All three of y'all. Ever since the big incident. Jamie Crowder,
1: Christian Young, and Wendell Barfield. Listen to this again.
0: No, Jamie's a big Tiger Oh, my family. bad. My bad, Jamie. You don't listen, listen to this out. then, Jamie. Me and Jamie always he'll be back or not. Wendell Christian. Put some respect on his name. Respect. Once he wins one at the age of 47, I will say he's back. You know who won that ambassador at the age of 47? You know, the greatest golfer on of all time. On say, Jack oh, yeah, say Jack it. Nicholas. Yeah, Jack Nicholas. Yeah, the Golden Bear. So once he wins, once he wins another major, I will say he's finally back. Not a tournament. He needs to win a couple of tournaments. And then I was, and I know he's asserted himself and he's played really well. And I'm glad to see him on the Ryder Cup team. I just want to see him win a tournament first.
1: Time for quick jabs, and we're going to do this fairly rapidly because there's not a lot of games going on uh, this upcoming weekend. First. Thing is, uh, what are you laughing at?
0: Christian said, I think Tiger will do great on the senior tour. Oh, Christian,
1: I mean, he's going <laughs> at it.
0: Sorry, go ahead, continue. Okay, All three of y'all are we gonna play this every Christian single time. Yes, All three of y'all. I'm tired of
1: this. Put some respect,
2: put some respect on talk. my name.
1: Um, <laughs> how how corny did I look right there with yeah, that I'm move? pretty corny. <laughs> <laughs> um, this upcoming weekend, not a lot of great games in college football. Uh, you have Ohio State TCU, which is what college game day is going to. You got overrated LSU versus Auburn. Two average teams right there. Um, the shots being fired. This is coming from a guy that watched Georgia win 41 17 against a JV team. And thanks to. <laughs> they should be. How is Georgia not number two? Clemson struggled. I do not care about that. Why are them. we not number I two? Know. I'm so mad. I'm Georgia. I
2: don't care about I, that.
1: A poll. Eight weeks for ten weeks for the season ends doesn't that doesn't matter? I'm mad at because we're not number two. When That's what I hear from Georgia fans. You're turning into Bama fans, Sorry guys. Sorry, we're
0: competitive and we actually care about our football team.
1: Oh, you're competitive about the rankings? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Even though I personally don't care right now. Uh,
1: first game: Ohio State TCU playing at Fort. Uh, not not playing at Fort Worth. They're playing at Dallas, Texas AT&T Stadium. Uh, Ryan Day, still the coach at Ohio State, they have blown through their first two opponents, really not even close, which no one thought they would be. Where do you see this game going?
0: Uh, I think Ohio State dominates on offense. They, I don't think TCU has the guys like they had a couple years ago or this past year uh, with the good defensive players. Uh, I think they'll play a decent game up till about the the second half, and I think Ohio State will just out just pretty much blow them out, kind of like Georgia did this past week, and just have they just have more bodies right now. And I know it's on the road and it is kind of a long uh, travel, but I think TCU is a tad bit overrated once they play a great team like Ohio State. I think you'll see that Ohio State's the real deal, and they probably will be there at the end uh, playing uh, playing in the national championship or playing in the Final Four, at least you could say.
1: Yeah, they're going to out-talent TCU. Yep. That's the only thing I can say. I don't think there's really X and O scheme-wise. I think TCU is going to keep them in the game close because of how good their defense is. But I don't believe in the quarterback from TCU. Their offense has struggled a uh, few last week against SMU. It took them a while to get going. I think TCU is going to have a slow. I mean, a, a early good start because they're playing close to home. But then the end, Ohio State wears them down like all the great teams do that are more talented than the other teams, um, and they win the game. Uh, moving on from that, uh, before we do Auburn LSU, I'm going to save that for last and do some NFL games. Three games. I just want to hash on real quick. Two of them that not a lot of people are talking about nationally that I think need to be talked about. Is Well, one is because this is the number one team in the nation, Alabama and Ole Miss. At Ole Miss. Now, I do think Alabama's going to win the game. I think they're probably going to win the game by 17 or 20 points. But early on in the game, I see Ole Miss moving the football. I think they're going to score touchdowns, and it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Night game, ESPN, The Grove, Oxford. I see it being close, you know, 17-17, something like that in the first half. In the end, 45-24, Alabama wins. Dominates the second half and terrible defense. They may even score 50 points because they gave up 40 last week to a, uh FCS team. Uh, but I do think it, early on we'll see a lot of firepower from both teams. Um, what do you think before I get into another game?
0: Basically the same thing. Uh, like I said, Jordan Tamu. It'll I be think, entertaining. It'll be entertaining. Like I said, Jordan Tamu. Uh, he was going to take the, the job from uh, Shea, uh, Shea Patterson anyway. I think he's super talented. They have a lot of uh, guys on offense. But that Landshark defense is far gone. You guys got to change the mascot again, please. It's the ugliest mascot ever. Um, as uh, Thrift does his attempt at the Landshark defense symbol. Uh, but like you said, basically the same thing. They're just going to dominate an offense. It'll be a fun show. Bet the over probably. If you got any cookies on it, or if you have cookies to, to throw some cookies are on it. Are you throwing
1: chocolate chip or are you throwing just regular I sugar don't, cookies? I don't like
0: chocolate, so just sugar. Jesus.
1: The more and more I learn about window, the more I question uh, another game is Vanderbilt Notre Dame. Again, I think Notre Dame wins the game at home, but Notre Dame struggled last week against Ball State. I think they come out with a little bit more urgency this week because Vanderbilt is better than Ball State. But I think this Vanderbilt team is more improved than they were last year. I think it'll be close early on. Notre Dame wins. I see another entertaining game. So they're
0: seven points closer to Alabama this year. Yeah. So Instead of losing like sixty-two to zero, it's sixty-two to seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like it. Like you know, you guys know I'm high on Notre Dame. I have them in my playoff. Uh, they had a rough week last week. They kind of played down to their competition and didn't look like they really cared. Um, that's why I also had plus 35 ball state. Thought that was a great play. Too many points. Um, like I said, Notre Dame's going to be able to run the ball on Vanderbilt. I know their defense will be, will be decent under Derek Mason. Uh, but I think Brandon Wimbush just kind of... You run. don't like cake either? I don't like cake. Who wow. said that? Your mom. No, I like cake. I don't
1: <laughs> you funny. don't like cake? No, you don't I like cookies. cookies. I don't know what she's talking what is going
0: on? I don't know. You're not laying
1: in any sweets. You're laying meat. So you're laying a steak on this game. I case. like steak, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on from that into the final game of the weekend that I think is most important around this area because uh, Georgia plays nobody again. Middle Tennessee State, like a heck of a three weeks. Overrated. JV team, South Carolina, oh and two middle school teams, Middle Tennessee State and Austin Peay. Middle P.
0: Tennessee State is not a terrible What t- a way to evaluate your some, team. They've beaten some Power 5 schools in the last six or seven years.
1: What a way to evaluate your team. As Coach King joins us, thank you, Coach King. Jacob Lanehart, thank you for joining us. Guys, share the video. Like um, the, the, uh, the Facebook uh, video. Um, leave a comment below. Guys, also, immediately following the show. You can listen to it again. If you missed it, SoundCloud, search WCGC, drop the gloves for this week's show. Uh, LSU and Auburn real quick because we're going to get an NFL before we end the show LSU and Auburn I think Auburn dominates this game from beginning to end just wow. like Georgia did with South Carolina last week they're playing at home raucous atmosphere I mean I I really think this game could get out of hand maybe in the first half because wow. I think this game has been circled all all season um, how bad Auburn wants to show they shouldn't have lost last year to an inferior opponent in LSU I dang sure think this year now, if, if you're thinking it's ugly, that's one thing, but there's, I, I, I see 0% chance LSU walks into Auburn Stadium, and I'm willing to admit next week, if they do, uh, to win this game. I really do.
0: Uh, I personally think it's going to be a closer game. I think uh, LSU's defense is good enough at stopping the run. Auburn struggled the ball earlier in the years, early in their seasons, uh, to run the ball early. Uh, I think they'll stop the run, make them throw the ball against those great defensive backs that LSU has, especially Greedy Williams, uh, an All-American. Uh, they're going to test Jarek Siddham. They're going to get a pass rush on him. Uh, but overall, I, I think Auburn, talent-wise, I think Sittum makes the throws, I think he makes the plays. I think they'll get the run game going towards the fourth quarter a little bit. Uh, and I think LSU just runs out of gas. Uh, and I think Auburn's defensive front, front seven, will dominate pretty much the entire game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Uh I think towards the end, Auburn wins by about a touchdown, and I just think, uh, like I said, Auburn's defensive front and center will make some plays, and that's all it will take to beat LSU because I don't think uh, your boy, uh, I can't even think of his name right now, Joe Bur- Joey Burrow, Joe Burrow, I don't think he'll make that's enough it. plays against this great Auburn defense to actually win the game for them.
1: Joey Burrow. <laughs> uh, we have about a minute left, so real quick, I'm going about- to... Guys, again, you thank y'all for joining us now. we got about a minute left before we uh, end the show. Facebook Live will be on the Tip and Thrift Show. If you haven't, go check out the show page, Tip and Thrift Show. The name's going to be changed. It'll be me, Wendell, and Tip going over more games in college football, more in-depth analysis, and whatever's going on in the w- funky world of sports. I would like to call us the Barstool Sports of the South, um, the Tip and Thrift Show. So, again, make sure to check that out on Wednesday. We're only going to do one more game, um, which is... Uh, the Falcons playing at home against the Panthers. Real quick, you got 50 seconds, or you got 20 seconds. Real quick, go. Falcons, Panthers.
0: Falcons, Panthers. I think the Panthers dominate on defense. I think we'll dominate on defense. It'll be a low-scoring game. Cam Newton makes enough plays on his feet, and they score enough uh, points at in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta. In Atlanta to beat the Falcons. I'm sorry, I just don't think Sarkis is the answer, and I think the Panthers' defense is too strong.
1: Um, I'm going Falcons. I'm just going to
0: hold out hope. Uh, Keep hoping because so it ain't fi- happening. Fire York, Fire York. I'm picking us to lose hey, everybody, every single game until we fight. When like you,
1: you put are. out hashtag Fire York, make sure to shout out me and Wendell on the show, okay? Because you heard it here first. Thank you all for watching 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. We'll see you all next week. Actually, on here, but on 88.5, but on Facebook Live, Tip and Thrift Show. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you all for watching. Share the show. WCUG on SoundCloud. Drop the gloves. See you all next week.
0: This is 88.5 FM, WCUG, Lumpkin Columbus.
2: to the darkness.